0: Hey everybody, another beautiful day uh, the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Um, I thank God for another day and another opportunity to get on here and, and do these teachings and everything. And I really enjoy doing them. You know. it's, it's, um, I just hope it helps people. I hope it helps you in your walk with God and everything. But tonight, um, this is a continuation on the five stones for your Goliath. Um, but I'm kind of doing a um, a recap for one, re- you know, of where we are so far. But I'm also explaining the reason for the stones and everything. And as you can see, the title that I have tonight is the five rocks, five giants, and the purpose of the stones. And um, these were smooth stones that David got out of the brook, which I'm going to read the verse here that this um, that I'm basing all this on and everything. But the I called it the Five Rocks because it would be kind of um, kind of a weird title to say five stones, five giants, and the purpose of the stones. Um, instead, I called it Five Rocks, Five Giants, and the Purpose of the Stones. But um, anyways, in First First Samuel chapter 17, verse 40, it says, "And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag." which he had, even, a, even in a script <clears throat> and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So let's pray before I get started in, in this. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for another opportunity, Lord, to get on here and, and teach your word, Lord, and to do these teachings, God, that you have put on my heart, Lord Jesus, to do. And God, I ask you, Lord, to speak through me, use me as your vessel tonight, Lord God, and help me, Lord, to bring this forth. That it help each and every one of us in our walk with You, God. I can't do this without You, Lord Jesus. And I ask You, Lord God, to, to use me as Your vessel tonight, Lord God, as Your oracle. And speak to me in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So he took five smooth stones out of the brook. The reason he took five smooth stones, <clears throat> he wasn't going to need five stones to, to defeat Goliath. And I don't think for an instant that David even considered having to use all five stones against Goliath because he knew God was going to stand up and fight for him. There's a significant reason, I believe, that he selected five stones from the brook. And there was four, there was four other giants besides Goliath. All these giants, if you study it out and look here in, first, in uh, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, and in the book of Chronicles, you'll find out that these five giants came from a city called Gath. And Gath was a city that had come down from one of Lot's sons. And there was a giant that lived there up before this time that had five sons. And these five sons were Goliath and four others that I'm going to mention here in a few minutes. But the reason I believe for the five stones was that David selected these five stones to, to signify that he was going to defeat all five giants that was in the land of Gath. And that was, I believe, the reason for him selecting them. And the because uh, he only needed one. We only we know he only needed one for Goliath, and there's four other giants that he had to deal with. If you look over in Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 21, and I'll show you the other four giants here. But this is after the after they defeated Saul and, that, and, the, and uh, Saul's army and everything, and, and David was fixing to step into the kingship of Jerusalem, but after he defeated Saul, then he had to go and defeat the rest of the Philistines that were around the region and around that area that were around the city of Gath. And it says, moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. The second Samuel chapter 21 verse 15 is where I'm starting at. I'm going to read through the rest of the chapter. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel, and David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines, and David waxed faint. In other words, he began to get tired. He began to get uh, weary from the, from the battle. He was fighting hard to try to defeat the enemy. And a giant named Ishbenemoth, Ishbenemoth, however you want to pronounce it, which was of the sons of the giant, now, the sons of the giant, like I said, um, Goliath was a son of the giant. And this giant here that they're referring to is a giant that lived in the city of Gath. Now, I, um, I don't believe this giant was still alive. I believe this giant had been, had maybe been defeated before or earlier somewhere. Or he had died. Either way, but this giant that had these sons wasn't alive. And it says, which was the sons of the giant. The weight of his spear weighed 300 shekels of brass and weight, which was approximately 8 to 10 pounds. That's how much his, his spear weighed. Now, that's pretty heavy for a spear, uh, for something that you're going to be carrying around and fighting with. I mean, a, a normal-sized person would get pretty get tired pretty quick wielding a, shield, a spear of that size and of that weight. It says, Whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass and weight, and being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. In other words, he was fixing to—he was fixing to kill David. He was—he was, he was um, coming upon him to attack him, seeing that he was weary, and seeing that uh, he was faint, and that he was tired. And it says, but Abishai the son of Zariah, succored him, meaning he surrounded David or got in between him, shielded David, and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle. That thou not quen- that thou quench not the light of Israel and it came to pass after this that there was slain or that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob then Sebekai, the hu hustathite slew Saph which was of the sons of giant of the giant. Saph was another one of David's brothers, another one of the giants that, here that that uh, this guy named Sebechai, he slew him he took care of him he killed him it says and there was again a battle in gob with the philistines where elhanan the son of jerogam a bethlehemite slew the brother of goliath the gittite the staff of the staff of whose we whose spear was like a weaver's beam now this guy, this giant here that that elahan slew was his name was actually Lami If you look over in the Book of Chronicles, you'll find out that his name was Lami And it didn't say his name here in Second Samuel. I don't know why, but, but Lami was this giant. And it says, And there was yet a battle in Gath, where it was a man of great stature that had on every that had on every hand six fingers and on every on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number. And he also was born to the giant. And this was the fifth giant. The, and it says, And when he defied Israel, Jonathan the son of Shemaiah, the, the brother of David, slew him. And that was the fifth giant that David, took, that David and his men took care of. It says in verse 22, these, these four were born to the giant in Gath, and fell by the hand of David, and by the hand of his servants. There was five giants in total, including Goliath, and the five stones I believe was significant to the fact that David and his men were going to, going to defeat the other the other four giants after he defeated Goliath. Now, <clears throat> whether David knew that there was four other giants at the time that he slew Goliath, I don't know. If it's possible, but um, Bible doesn't say whether he knew that there was four other ones. Um, and as to whether he even knew that Goliath uh, had existed or not um, he might have heard word of these giants over in the the city of Gath but either way I look at it as the reason he selected those five stones was for that purpose was to defeat all five giants and that's what he had intentions of doing and of course you know after he became king and after he after they defeated Saul and his army, he did go after him and his men went after these giants. They went after all the rest of the Philistines and went to, to take care of these giants and get rid of them, get them out of the land. And that could have been a purpose that God had lined up for David to do, was to defeat these giants and to get rid of them. And if you look over in First in Chronicles chapter 20... And it says here also as well, in this area right here you could find that Lami was the giant that I was telling you that was slain by the ahan which is uh in verse five, it speaks of Lami, the giant the brother of Goliath that was slain by Elhanan. But in verse eight it says, were these were born unto the giant in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. They you know, he had taken care of those giants. But in this in this chapter, chapter twenty, it also it's um, reads the same thing that was in first in uh, Second Samuel that we read, but then I wanted to tell you that the five the five stones. The reason I'm doing this this message is because <clears throat> these five stones that I am talking about here, they are to help us today and against our adversary today. And um, you know I taught I've done the teaching on the armor, all the armor of God. But see. There's also other things that we have in this life and in in our walk with God that we have to use, that we have to be able to know and have to be able to do in order to stand when the adversary comes at us. And that's the purpose for this teaching on the five stones. And I'm referring to the the problems that you might face in your life or in your walk with God as being as as though you were facing one of these giants because you're facing something that seems like it's an unbeatable odds, seems like a situation that you're never going to be able to overcome or not gonna be able to make it through or something that you feel that might take you out or might might cause you to stumble and fall or might cause whatever the situation or the problem might may be in your life so see we all in this walk with God and our walk with God and our and our trying to to be a Christian you know and trying to live to strive per, for perfection and live as best we can for the Lord we face things in our life that makes it hard sometimes, it makes us makes it very difficult to be able to stand and be able to stand our ground and and to hold fast to what you know what we believe in. And for this purpose we have to grow strong. we have to grow stronger in these certain areas that I'm telling that I'm teaching these on you know on the five stones. And I'm using the five stones as just as to show what you know, what you use against your adversary, to show what you use against your situation. You know, like like I said with the first one, the very first teaching on this was the verbal attack. Or not the very first teaching, the very first teaching was an introduction into this. But the very first stone that I used was the confidence for the verbal attack. Meaning when the enemy comes and whispers in your ear and tells you things, tells you that you're not saved or comes drops thoughts in your mind telling you that you're not that you're not that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't care about you, and that people are talking about you in the church or whatever, and trying to deter you off the path or cause you to stumble and fall or cause you to quit going to church because you're worried about what people think. When you shouldn't be concerned about what people think in church, go to church to serve the Lord. Go to church to get closer to God, to learn of Him, to get into His presence, to where you can gain strength, so that as you gain strength, you're able to stand, and it helps you to get stronger in Him. See, if you forsake going to church and say, well, I'm just going to stay at home and and watch it on TV and that's where I'm going to have my church at. Well, see, it doesn't work like that because the Bible says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And forsaking the assembling of yourselves together means you're forsaking going to church to hang out with others. In other words, you're staying home to watch live stream, okay? Yeah, you're staying home to watch live stream. You might feel the anointing coming across your TV, but guess what? You're forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, meaning you're forsaking the fact that you're in the house with God where you can gain strength off of others because sometimes we have to be stirred up a little bit by somebody else's praise to get us stirred up and fired up before we start praising Him. And see that... it. It all works together. Each and every person in the church has a reason to be in the church. If God's called somebody and God's called them and, and anointed them or whatever and called them out and saved them in the house of the Lord, He's put them there for a reason. We all have a reason to be in our church. We have a, a purpose. We have a purpose in this thing. So we have to make sure that any time that the church doors are open for assembling together to get into the presence of the Lord, to learn of His Word, to praise Him or whatever the, you know. Everything that goes on in the church, we have to assemble together to gain strength from others and to help the pastor, to strengthen the pastor, to give him encouragement, to encourage ourselves in the Lord, to praise God, to get closer to Him, to get healing in our bodies, all these different things. And when we forsake that, we are missing out and we lose strength. If you miss church one service, just one service in a week, the amount of strength that you lose in God because of the adversary hammering against you and trying to overtake you, it weakens you spiritually. So when it weakens you spiritually, it allows things to happen in your life because you you let your guard down. And you fail to realize that God's in control. You begin to look at the problem and look at the situation. Thus, the, the enemy is going to get the upper hand against you. And when I say enemy, it's actually your adversary, whether it's your your own mind, your own thoughts, or whether the, the devil's hitting you or attacking you, whether it's a spirit that's coming against you, whatever the case may be that is coming and attacking you and coming against you. That's your adversary. That's your enemy. That's your Goliath or your giant that you're facing in your life. So having confidence, you see, you get confidence by... <clears throat> when you get confidence, is because you're, you're exercising your ability and whatever the case may be to grow confident in yourself that you can accomplish or that you can do what you set your, you know, set your mind to do. In other words, if you're, say you're, um, I use my trade for an example, I'm a mechanic. So if I don't exercise that, those skills in mechanicing and I stop mechanicing and don't mechanic anymore for a long time, don't work on anything, no vehicles or nothing like that, I can lose my confidence in my skills or my ability. But as long as I exercise them every day and practice and use my ability to work on things, so um, as I'm doing that, I'm getting better at what I'm doing, thus gaining more confidence in what I'm doing. So in order to gain confidence in God and confidence in in your spirit and confidence that you can overcome something in your life, you have to get closer to God. And you're not going to get closer to God just sitting at the house watching live stream or sitting at the house studying the Word and not ever stepping foot into the house of God to assemble yourself together with others and gain strength from others in their praise and worship and learn as the pastor is teaching. Because as the pastor is teaching or preaching, there is anointing going forth that is helping you to absorb and to, to help you to receive the Word that is coming, you know, that is coming to you. And you're not just going to get that from live stream. Now don't get me wrong, there's times that we're sick and we have to stay home and watch live stream. I'm not downing that because there is times that that happens. But what I'm saying is don't just forsake going to the house of God and saying, Well, I can do the same thing at home watching live stream because that's not going to work. You're eventually going to fall away, fall to the wayside because you're going to lose your strength in the Lord. You're going to lose, lose everything that you've gained. So you have to be in His presence. You have to exercise it. You have to get in there and not just sit on the pew and not do nothing. You have to exercise. When the praise and worship's going on, get up and get to to worshiping and loving on God and work that work your faith up. Build your faith by, by exercising your faith. It's like if you're lifting weights, you're exercising, you're building muscle. It works the same way with the spirit man. When you are worshiping and praising God and you're getting in the service, come on, you're exercising the muscles of that spirit man to make him stronger inside of you. Thus, not only will he get stronger, but you will also gain confidence. And gain confidence not just in God, but gain confidence in yourself. And gain confidence in your, the fact that you yourself can achieve what God has called you to do. Because you will you will get to the point to where you'll believe more. And you'll gain stronger in your believing God. Thus increasing your confidence. See, that's, that's not a stone that that David used to hit Goliath with. But it was something that he had when he went out and faced Goliath on the battlefield. And that's what I'm using these five stones for. I'm not saying that David had to have those five stones, all five of them, to hit Goliath. Because the Bible says he only hit him with one. He slung one stone and, hit, and that one stone hit true to Goliath in the forehead and dropped him and killed him. And, but the five stones that I'm teaching on is the five things that you could look at and say, well, yeah, David had these when he went out on the battlefield. And these were things that He had in Him that when He faced the giant that we can use today to make us stronger when we're facing our adversary. It's to help you when you're facing things in your life to gain strength that you can overcome these things that's coming at you. You can, you can get stronger in God, but you can also, you have to exercise these things to help you get stronger in Him. It's a little different than the, than the armor. You know, because God equips you with the armor. He gives those pieces to you when you hit the altar and you pray through and you come up a new creature in Christ, he he puts the armor on you. But you see, we have to exercise these things to get stronger in him, as well as using the armor to get stronger in him. It all it all works together. And uh, but the second one that I said the second stone was God's perspective. We have to look at things from God's point of view. And that goes along with the with the helmet of salvation, having the mind of Christ or having the mind of God. God's perspective for the visual terror because when you see some when you see things in your life if you're all of a sudden slammed with something and you're looking at the situation you're looking at the circumstance, it can overwhelm you and it can it can terrify you it can make you um, it can some things can literally scare you I mean severely and you know even a bad report can put severe fear in somebody and but if you think about these things the visual terror a visual terror is something that you see, in your life that, that that can overwhelm you and just, you know, those thoughts that start coming into your mind as you start thinking things and you make yourself in worse condition because you're thinking of the worst possibilities because of something that's, that has come against you. So you look at it from God's perspective and believe that God's got control of this situation and you look at it, well... He's going to bring me through this because I know my God can overcome it. I know my God can take care of it. I know my God is going to move on my behalf. Just like David said, when he looked out and seen the uncircumcised Philistine out on the battlefield, he looked at it as saying, my God that took care of me when I faced the lion, took care of me when I faced the bear, he's the same God that's going to stand up and take care of this giant on my behalf. And when he went out on the battlefield, he told Goliath that that God has delivered his head into his hands that day. And God did. God did exactly what David said because David believed that God was going to do it. You see, so he looked at it from God's perspective, from God's point of view, instead of looking at it as okay, well this guy is so big, he's so huge, and worried about you know, this this guy out on the battlefield that he was fixing to have to face. You see, but we have to look at our situations and our circumstance from that perspective. And that's something that we have to we have to be able to do today, especially in today's time and in what's coming upon us. In this world, if you open your eyes and look out there and see what's happening out there, instead of just looking at your own little, you know, your own little world from your own little perspective, and start seeing, we're living in a day and time. Come on, that that, that um, everything's beginning to wrap up. We're looking at prophetic time taking place in front of our eyes out here, out in the world today. And we have to see that. We have to look at it from God's perspective. There's a better day coming, regardless of what happens now. There is a better day coming. Come on, we're not, here. we're not here in this world forever. We're not, we're not here to stay. We are just uh, travelers passing through. We're pilgrims passing through this land. This ain't our home. We're just, we're just passing through, the Bible says, because we have a, a, another home that is sitting over in glory waiting on us to get there. And then a new heaven and a new earth is going to be set down, and the old earth and the old heaven is going to be passed away. Behold, and all things become new. And we're going to be just just like it was, I believe, during the Garden of Eden with no sin, no bad things, no devil to worry about, nothing, none of that stuff. Because it's going to be just a beautiful, awesome, wonderful life that we're going to live after, this, after all this is said and done. But you see, we have to see that. We have to understand that. You know, just suffer for a little while, but then good days, good things are coming. So you see, you have to look at it from God's perspective and remember that we're just passing through this life. Whereas a vapor, passing through... So you have to live for God because you don't know when that vapor of your life is going to dissipate and no longer be here. So when that happens, then you're standing before Him, standing in front of Him, and you have to make sure you have the blood of Jesus covering your sins and covering your life and be a a saved, born-again, blood-bought child of God. So when you're standing before Jesus... He can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest to say, instead of saying, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. So you have to make sure that now, while you're here, that you live your life for God and that you try to live to the best of your ability for Him. So when you get there, you will get the good reward and not the bad reward. So you have to look at it. That you have, but you have to look at it from God's perspective and know that now we have to live for Him and we have to be ready at all times to where when we step out of this life, we're standing in front of him we have a good report coming for him and tell us to enter into our rest. But focus was the third stone that I mentioned was focus for the hindering spirit or hindering distraction. Okay, there's a lot of hindrances, a lot of distractions in this life that we have to we have to look past or look through the distractions and keep our focus on God. Pressing towards that mark, we have to we have to make sure that we are living for God regardless of what goes on around us. And not let the enemy distract us and deter us off the course. And make sure that we keep our focus on God. See, that's the reason for these things. And just like when David went out on the battlefield, he had a focus. He had a focus on he was that God was going to stand up for, on his behalf. And when he focused, he focused on Goliath, on the giant. Not on the guy carrying the shield. See, he had his focus on the problem that, to take care of the problem, to eliminate the problem. You see, and when we get distracted, we get distracted by the shield. All right? So when the enemy's coming against us and he sets something up in our life to try to hinder us and we start focusing on the, the distraction because he's going to have a distraction there as well so we can't see the bigger picture of things. Instead, we have to focus and look beyond that, look towards God and make sure we eliminate the problem and not be distracted by the hindrance. So see, we have to... So we have to keep our focus on our walk with God. And those those are the first three stones that I did. But just keep in mind when I'm doing these teachings that I'm not saying that these were stones that David had to have for Goliath. But instead, these are stones that you need to look at it as being things that can help you in your walk with God. Not focus on just stones for Goliath, stones for Goliath, but focus on what I'm teaching on, how it can be used to help you overcome the things that's fighting against you. And... So um, I just wanted to kind of explain that a little bit tonight and kind of do a, a recap of where I'm at. And that's, that's where I'm at right now is, is the first three stones that I've done. Um, there's two more stones that i got to teach on for the two other two aspects of, of the battle with Goliath. And it's the, where he, um, he, for the spear, because of the attack of the spear, and Goliath himself. Those are the last two things, which... Um, I still got to do the two stones for those two things, which you know um, are the two bigger things, the bigger problems that uh, we face, and um, and everything. So, just um, I hope this helped you tonight, and I hope this kind of kind of gives you a little more understanding of of how it, you know, what this teaching is for and what this teaching here is about on the five stones, and um, so that I hope this helped you tonight, and uh, tune in for the next one. Um, so the next one, I, next one I put up is going to be on about the spear and um, and everything, and I'll tell you the title then and the what the stone signifies. But if this has helped you tonight, if these teachings helped you, please share them, and um, I hope you like them and, and all. And, uh, so also, I got podcast up and um, on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and on Spotify and uh, Podvine and. Um, one other one I can't remember the name of it, but I also have a YouTube channel as well that I'm putting these teachings up on. Um, if you know somebody that doesn't have Facebook and they want they want to watch them, they can watch them on YouTube. Um, I got to get caught up on where I'm at on YouTube, but the the um, but they will eventually be up there. And also um, I have a ministry page on Facebook too as well, to where if you want to watch you know watch the videos, go back and watch some of the other ones you can. Um, you can just go to Kevin Fryer Ministries. On Facebook, and um, you can see all the all the videos. It's strictly the teaching videos. Is all I'm putting on there. Um, same way with uh, with my podcast is Kevin Fryer Ministries, and uh, my YouTube channel is under Kevin Fryer. Uh, there's somebody else out there named Kevin Fryer too that has a YouTube channel. That's not me. Uh, you can type in one of my titles, uh, Gospel Shoes, or one of those uh, uh, um, Spirit Sword or Helmet of Salvation. With my name and it'll pop up as my YouTube channel and everything. And also um, Haven of Rest uh, on YouTube. That's the church um, that I go to. You can also go there and watch church videos, as well as uh, Haven of Rest on um, Facebook and uh, and everything. So, but um, tune in next time. I uh, hope y'all enjoyed this and hope it helps you. And uh, thank you for watching. Love you guys. God bless.